Sports listeners, I'm your host, Erica Salda, the Queen of Team. Please tune in every single Tuesday. This whole hour of Santa Barbara Teen Athletes. Woo! And we're talking all athletes. Good morning, everyone. February 9th, today, all day. And it just keeps getting wackier and crazier. And half the night. Yeah, Erica Salda checking in here, host of Teen Sports Radio. If it's your first day joining us, we welcome you. Been here for 11 years. We love you. (laughs) So uh, I do want to reach out to, we have a new listener, actually, Joy Duke. Uh, a Braille student, a retired coach, singer, and uh, one of Do- well, you teach her, right? Yeah, yeah, she's learning grade two Braille, and she's doing awesome. Uh, and shout out to Joy. Shout out to Joy. She's a she's a big fan now, and uh, I think she really likes me. Usually, when Dominique teaches in the morning, she's the first one up every morning. So she, I, you know, not every morning, but many mornings, I'll serve Dominique some coffee and maybe a little, you know, snack. And uh, Joy, apparently, I, then I leave, I tiptoe in and I tiptoe out. But apparently, Joy just thinks I'm the best. <laughs> yes, she does. <laughs> I'm amazing. So it's nice when somebody thinks you're so amazing. Hi, huh, Richard? Yes, Richard? It, yes. Ellsworth. Ellsworth. <laughs> Absolutely. It's good to be amazing. Yeah. Well, Richard Ellsworth is back. He's had a little trip visiting his parents. And we're glad you're back. You're back where you need to be in the back room here. And uh, when you flew in this morning, I told you to pick a card. Because, you know, you've been gone, but now you're back. So what? So I'm going to run over to uh, Christine Marie. Happy birthday. You already had a birthday, but last week, happy birthday. It's your birthday Thanks. month. It's a right. We do birthday month. I get the whole so month. Yeah. Appreciate that's that. it. So we celebrated it a little low key here. It was really it was a great time. And uh, so how do you feel? You're what? 51 now, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm 51 now. It's pretty exciting. Young, young. I call, it, I call it 50 wonderful. So I'm 50 wonderful 50 to wonderful. this. Yeah, <laughs> this is my nice. 51 year. And if the year's going really well. So I know there's a lot of stuff going on, but I think that I've, you know, I've, I, I, I focus a lot of time on anchoring in and being in a state of love and, and connection, regardless of what's happening outside of me. I love that quote about it's not what's, it's not the, it's not what's in the boat that sinks. It's once what's outside the boat gets into the boat that makes it sink. So it's that sense of like, don't let everything around you, you know, take you, come into you and take you down. So that's, that's my and, mantra. And that's, for my why, wonderful. that's so important. Not for our, you know, our whole community as a whole, but our teen athletes, because our teen yeah. athletes are going through a lot of struggles right now. And they've had to adjust and uh, readjust and readjust again because that's, things keep, you know, the game keeps changing on them. That's beautiful so, imagery. The boat doesn't sink unless the stuff outside gets in. Yeah. That's yeah. so wonderful, Christine. Yeah, yeah. That's so for cool. all of us, our, our youth, our teens, our athletes, everybody, you know, it's good to take that, keep that in mind, right? Yeah. yeah definitely, um, definitely. Okay, so the card. Richard, yeah. Richard picked the um nine of pentacles which is a card of gain is what it says on the top it's also a card i feel like it's like harvest harvesting life's lessons um the eight of pentacles has like is like the gross harvest where you're bringing in a lot the nine of pentacles is the net harvest picking through the best of the best so i would say richard from these big lessons you've been learning recently you're starting to really go through and pick the best of the best of the best of those lessons and really integrate them for yourself Uh, from maybe from your trip from other things that have happened in the year 
And I also asked Richard to pick another card, which is the seven of pentacles, which says failure. But what it is, is about letting go of the fear of failure. <laughs> failure. That's what, but listen, that is what is supporting Richard yeah. in going through the best of the best of reaping yeah. of all of the lessons that have come is letting go of that fear of failure and really moving yeah. forward, taking it step by step. I love the Jason Mraz song. Um, I'm yours because I think there's a line in there that says it's you know it's about winning some and learning some. So there is no such thing as failure, only feedback, and that's a good lesson for everybody, a child, teen, athlete, you know, in, in our school, you know, in our in our um, education when we're taking tests, we're always learning, even if we aren't getting the highest and best score. So um, go, Richard. And then actually, I, I go ahead. So one is yeah. on the bottom was um, the, the magician, which is about Richard's very much about this. This is about creating your reality and aligning yourself with your higher self to really bring into the world what you want. And so I feel like, um, Richard, those things are all really moving for you right now in a really, really good way. So kudos to you. <laughs> This is uh, definitely everything that, that you said is absolutely 100% accurate and, and very, very applicable to my current situation in life. And I've been focusing really hard on manifesting. And, you know, in the past, it's always felt like such a chore where I really had to, you know, be forcing a specific mental diet and be forcing these, these new ideas. And right now, it's just flowing ridiculously naturally. I mean, it's, it's like something I've, I've never experienced. I mean, I just, I change a thought and it's changed and that's it. I, I don't have to do anything. It's easy. It's effortless. It's natural. Fabulous. Um, and I, I don't know how it happened, but it, it did. I, I broke through and it's, it's uh, it, it really is uh, incredible. So uh, thank you. Well, I think what you said me. was beautiful, Richard, and that you said you broke through because it took work. You know, it took yeah. a lot of effort. It took a lot of work. It just, you say, make it, make it like it's effortless and magical, but you know, your two adopted moms have been here for the last two the, months the, watching your, watching your journey, you know, the, you've had it. The effort you've, though. You've fallen. Yeah. The effort though is, is exactly as, as Christine was saying, where the, where you're letting go of, of, the thought of failure. So, so for yeah. me, the, there was a huge amount of effort required not to actually get the things I wanted or to get in that state where all of my thoughts were perfectly in line. But the hardest part was being able to, to really let go of that idea of failure. I had to really convince myself that no matter what, I was always going to be on top and always be winning. Um, and that was a huge challenge. But once I got through that, I mean, then it was just like, everything just flowed in. Um, and I think that's an important lesson for all of us to, to learn, um, regardless of, of, of where, where we are in our lives, but to, to let go of that idea of, of failure. And in and, and manifesting, we, we talk about um, feedback, just, just like Christine was saying, you can't, you can't ever fail. No, no matter what you do, no matter what you set out to do, it's, it's, it's not failure. It's just feedback that's reflecting yourself pushed out in that moment. So, you, you know, you, you use that feedback to, to, make a, to make an adjustment. I really, really appreciate it. When I was in high school, getting my uh, English papers back, when I had uh, teachers that would ask for the first draft, and it's so hard because you're working on it and you really want to do it perfect. So you delay and delay, and finally, the last minute, you submit it, and then you get back these 
really awesome comments that help you write a way better paper. And then you, then you take that all in and you do a rewrite and you submit and you get into this practice of, oh, 99% of this is just showing up. And then the, the rest of it is just the follow through of knowing it's not a failure. It's an mm-hmm. opportunity to reset and learn, reset and learn. Yeah, I think it's sometimes those thoughts in our heads that get down on us. Like, why didn't I do it right? Or what's wrong with me? No, there's nothing wrong with you. You're not, there is not necessarily right or wrong. There's really learning. Yes, we do know right and wrong. And we do know kindness and we do know how to treat other people. And we do know really when we're not in the right in that way. But in terms of getting, doing things and learning and succeeding, I think you don't succeed if you don't fail a lot of times. And one of my favorite things um, that ta- uh, with that that failure fear failure card is there's a uh, the a person who started the bulletproof coffee company. I always forget his name, but he, I listen to a podcast every night when he would put his kids to bed. He would require them to tell him at least one way they failed during that day, and he would celebrate those failures as this is just your way of moving into success. Get used to it, be comfortable with it, and get back up and keep going. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do that often with my youngest. He started his own business and it's all a numbers game because at the end of the day, when you're looking for customers, clients, whatever, you have to go through a lot to get somebody. And it's just understanding that the, the it's this a no is one closer to a yes. You just have to retrain and reprogram your mind. It's almost exciting when you get a no because like, all right, you know, again, a step closer to the yes. Well, yeah. And in sports, isn't it that if you're, you know, if you're trying to get that basketball, 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 you're not that close. You fail, you fail, you fail. But if you keep going, you will get eventually the slam dunk or, you know, like the the whoosh. Right. But you just have to keep going, you know, and and keep adjusting. Yeah, It, it, it is. You basically have to invert your mind that failures. It's just something you're born with or you're trained, you know, at a young age. Because it does take those steps to get to this. Basically, ten thousand hours at well, the you, end of the day. Now, you've heard the old saying, though, as to Christine's analogy, you will miss one hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's true. And it's about it's resilience. True. You know, getting back up and just keep and take, keep doing it again, even if. You missed, the, you missed the last time. Just If you really want it enough, you'll just keep trying, keep doing it. Right. We've got a big show today. We've got Ed Langlow in the house. Again, we have Mount Sage Healing with Richard Ellsworth, Christine Marie, a view from, from the, the deck. deck. Yay! <laughs> Dominique Hackett's got a story for us, and we're going to do some current events right after these messages. And this is Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salter, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday, 9 a.m. All right, a big Teen Sports Radio in the house. One of the big current events, I wasn't really going to touch on it because actually we've been um, taking delicately. delicately. We've got to do this delicately. Dominique goes, you want to touch this? I said, yeah, we should touch this. This is Teen Sports Radio. Um, an executive order a few weeks ago has been passed and basically in a nutshell, which has already been taking place in Santa Barbara, or not Santa Barbara, California, 
for a few years now in that uh, in sports, biological males are now allowed to be playing with females. So transgender, we're talking about our transgendered women are playing on women's sports teams. Correct. And there are some people you know, associated to the show that have transgender children. So we're not doing anything. It's not we're not going to embracing again. community. We're embracing community. But what I don't like that's happening is the science now is being kind of almost changed in that saying biologically. And this isn't science to me that males and females, there's no difference. OK, so and I can tell you this personally, I've played Co-ed sports my whole life, three sports in college, walk on MVP, Westmont College, everybody likes that story. Uh, but I can tell you this, when I warmed up with the boys, the only the, soccer. I soccer, the only four injuries, major injuries that I had, they were all caused by males. Okay, I never really got taken out by a female. And uh, two of them were on the basketball court. I was only pretty much female when I grew up, played on the um, blacktops back in New York. twice by a guy that was over 200 pounds. I was maybe 130 pounds. Two times I got two concussions, took a charge, had to make the free throws, you know, the whole thing. And then um, broken fingers at soccer, you know, doing some warm ups with boys before playing with girls. And I could absolutely tell you, guarantee, because I don't think the generation I'm going to be 60 this year wasn't that long ago, hasn't been you know, 50 generations of DNA change, change. boys are stronger than girls. So I only only took one big track is a big thing right now in the country. Um, And uh, the woman, the woman's holder for the 400 currently is Allison Felix in the 400 meters. And she uh, clocked out at 49.26. Well, if you take all the boys in the country, that hit that 49.26, 300 males can beat that in the country. And they're so, not even track stars. Yeah, they're not, you know, they're just, you're not talking about a superstar collegiate level, just, you know, just on high school clock times. So all I'm saying is for certain women that are, if Allison uh, was in a race and she came in third and two biological males beat her, uh, uh, I, I'm going to call this out on me. I mean, I just look at that as cheating. It's just not fair. So, and now that they're trying to change the science is saying that boys and girls are the same. It's just not, just not we're, correct. We're just trying to look out for women at the same time that we embrace our transgender community. Right. And if you want to do that, then fine. You know, something's just say it like it is. There are no more women's sports. Say it, just say it. I mean, don't so, try to like weave or whatever. So, Erica, when you were referring to biological males, if, if two biological males were to, ha- you know, have been the first two, you know, one's the first, second, and she was third, you're meaning biological males who are <coughs> transgender, who are actually, who are transgender females, yeah. correct? Yeah, I just yes. want to be clear on that, that that would be the race. And that, yeah, yeah, that does. Well, there is would have not scholarships, you know, because they usually take the first two and track, you know, a lot of times they do collegiate stuff. And the thing is, is I have... We had a couple of doctors that were going to be on the show today. We're going to postpone them till next week. So we'll get more science behind it. But I know that Richard. the Richard has got probably the most science background out of anybody here on the show. So I just wanted to get your take on it. So, Richard, do you think, you know, that you and I, uh, you know, if we were going to do some battle, do you think I'd kick your butt? I don't know. <laughs> just I don't think so. Okay. Well, so, so, so here, here's the, here's, here's the thing to consider. So, um, 
you know, obviously, regardless of your um, regardless of your your gender role, there there are people that are going to be at at different levels. And you know, Erica, you could obviously kick my butt if you so chose to. And you know, I know plenty of women who are ridiculously stronger than me. And you know, ultimately, you know, I I would argue for some sort of uh, you know, like what they do with with wrestling, where they match people's weights you know, with, with your opponent or, or so, something like that, where, where you have multiple tiered um, teams or, or, or systems where the players are a little bit more evenly matched based on, on certain uh, f- physical characteristics. But the fact is, is that with, um, with transgender women um, in, in these types of sports, there are certain requirements that, that do need to be followed. Um, so testosterone has to be less than 10 nanomoles per liter. Um, that, that is very much on, on the low end of things, which I, I think is why the, the, the latest studies, at least um, there, was, there was one uh, pretty recently in the uh, British uh, Journal of, of Sports Medicine um, that said that uh, uh, trans female athletes still do have an athletic advantage. Um, so, so regardless, um, but they also are required to have one year of, of hormone therapy. So that is currently being looked at to see if that can be upped to, to two or more years. And, and that, that is that is still being evaluated. Um, so there there is a, a plus to this. And, and there, there's there's um, it is it is an issue that that is being looked at, um, which is really important to consider. But ultimately, what we need to really acknowledge is, is the fact that biologically, our bodies are very, very different and we have different hormones that are being produced at different times that are regulating different functions. And um, it, it is very different for male and female. And male and female um, anatomy is, is honestly not all that different, but the hormones that are going through our body at the chemical level are, and, and they do make a difference in, in the, the way we behave. Testosterone is one of those things that, that give males this, this mentality of, of never giving up. So there's there's this mentality of you keep pushing. There's this driving force, and you know it's <laughs> males are always made fun of because you know if you're driving, um, males will will never look at a map, you know because they they, they don't want that assistance. They want to they want to get there. There's that driving force to get to the end, um, and it, it's it's the same thing in sports. And that's something willpower is something that absolutely does give an edge. And when you have a hormone that's that can be driving that willpower, that's an edge. So, you know, I could go through all the different hormones in the body and talk about how they're affecting us physically and emotionally. But the fact is, is that there there is a difference and it's something that should absolutely be considered in, in this debate. Well, what, what I really appreciate is that it's a beautiful conversation and it's not an exclusive conversation, but it's an inclusive because people have already forgotten Title IX went through and everybody in California had to make sure that we had equal sports access for the girls. And so all of a sudden now, um, the conversation has focused on embracing a part of our community that previously was maligned and misunderstood. So we really love our transgendered community. But at the same time, we don't want to lose the fact that we did have to make an enormous effort to make sure that girls had access to sports. So now we want to make sure that we're not creating an environment where maybe a young girl thinks, oh my gosh, the only way I can compete 
is if I change my, my biological, what's going on inside my body to be able to be an athlete. And, and I just, I don't want people to do that. I want people to be healthy. Yeah, I don't understand the whole thing, to be honest with you. I'm really, I'm perplexed. I'm annoyed. You're smashing all the work, you know, the records. Allison Felix, she didn't spend any time on weekends hanging out with her friends. I mean, she was doing workouts. She was watching her body, eating healthy. She did everything, all the hours it takes to uh, run 400-meter race at 49.26, which is phenomenal, phenomenal, which is the record for females in this country. And then now 300 males, even if 30 of them are transgenders, are going to be smashing her records. And I, I just don't, I don't. I don't Something I, feels awkward and not it's appropriate. bizarre. The whole thing is bizarre. So my, my granddaughter, if I'm so blessed to have a granddaughter, how are we going to enable her to be able to compete? So we're supposed to come up with some kind of pill or shot or I just, I don't like it. I don't, I don't understand. It's not, it doesn't make any sense or, you know, pick a sport that be male, female, regardless of. And make it uh, co-ed. Yeah make it co-ed, but try to find a sport that she could, you know, compete in. And, ex- and excel. I mean, think of all the individual sports that need strength. That just pretty much wipes out 80% of it. And I played co-ed softball. And let me tell you, when you're playing catcher and if I didn't jump and you get slid in by this guy, 250 pounds, I mean, would have taken out my knees? It's just, you know, it's, it's, it's rough. different. It's, it's different. completely different. Yeah. And I've done it. So I see Ed raising his hand. Ed Lingo, <laughs> do you have to share in there well, too? Yeah. I was just going to come into that conversation a little bit about, first of all, title nine, which was passed to, to eliminate uh, discrimination, sexual discrimination uh, with girls is now turned against them and is violating their rights. Uh, the number of girls that, want to be girls and don't want trans boys coming in their locker room. They've, they've taken away, they've trampled the rights of those, all those girls to accommodate one or two transgender guys that want to be able to compete and they come into the locker room. So that, that was my first comment. And then going back to what Richard was talking about, the 10 animals per liter. I think that's an Olympic international Olympic committee uh, issue. And I don't, no, are they doing that in high school and college, which this, uh, this, this bill that uh, Joe Biden passed, I believe, only applies to high school and college. Do you know, Richard, are they, are they applying any of that? Are they testing these guys in high school? I don't believe no, they, they are in high school. Um, no. I think, I think yeah. they might be in collegiate sports. Um, there's one of the overarching teams that, that monitors all of these. They have specific requirements, and I'm pretty sure that they do apply to, to um, college athletes um, who are competing competitively, but I think it's on a competition basis. So I think but for- yeah, we've got to take a break. But nationally, look at all the college scholarships that it affects. That's all I have to say. You know, you spend your whole life, you spend at least 10 plus years training hard, you know, to lose a race, not to get into Stanford because a guy beat you. Can, can I say one thing? At the same time that you have that, we also have the awkwardness of someone who realizes inside they're, they're female, regardless of what the outer body says, inside they identify as female. And we want to embrace that experience and honor 
anyone, however they see themselves, we want to honor how they are. So this is not a shutdown card. This is a bring everything into the fold and converse about it. Well, we just need to have another um, layer of sport. Yeah. Oh, you can't, like, you know, like I said, but we're going to talk about it after these messages. This is Erica Salda, the queen of the team. We'll be back with more after these messages. Well, now together we will stand every boy, girl, woman, and a man. Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. It's got to love sticky subjects, but what we'll do before we move on with I, If Only I'd Known, I wanted to know if anybody here, because we're just a basket of wisdom, does anybody have any solutions or something that um, they'd like to share or add? I think that women are women, men are men, and if we want to make a third, uh, like they, it's not like they can't compete. If you're if you're biological male, but you're uh, relating Identify to be a, with a female. female, great. You can participate because Absolutely. you feel more comfort, comfortable. But that your your times get separated. Okay, an asterisk yeah, because that doesn't because you shouldn't just wipe out male women's sports because we actually constitutionally I don't even know if you can do that. But I'm not saying you can't integrate. Yeah, so then it's going to be up to a college to decide how they want to deal with that. Kind of like push it up. The kids should all get together and work together to create community. I just have listened to so many interviews with female athletes and they're just disparaged because their moms are like, come on, like you could say their mom is like Xena warrior princess. It's like, you know, how are we going to deal with today? How are we going to approach this strategically? And then the daughter's like, you know, mom, I, I can't win. I'm up against two boys. I can't win today. And that's just demoralizing. It's like, why am I doing all this when I can't win? When these biological male, even if they're identified as females, are in the same races and they're not going to get the prizes because they can't beat them because it's I such really, a. Yeah, I, I really that, like the, the, the solution that Richard mentioned, um, Richard Ellsworth mentioned about, you know, the, the sort of tiered putting people with the same weight, maybe, you know, transgender people competing against transgender people, or, or it wouldn't have, wouldn't matter if you're at the same weight and the same kind of, you know, place, you know, so to, to, to compete with each other. I think I like that one too, that solution. Well, that would probably, you could do that in like, for example, wrestling and the state champion in California, I think for the last two to three years is a male identifying as female, female wrestler. So that's the same weight and that's the same everything. No, no, no. They didn't include that. Uh, Richard was adding in some components that they haven't been including. Well, testosterone levels. Oh, the testosterone yeah, levels. Yeah. Okay. Would be yeah. the way you could take two people of the same weight and then based on their testosterone levels or a group of people, uh, because 
I, you know, to me, 10 nanomoles is still pretty high. The average woman has about two nanomoles of testosterone per liter. So it, that's a, still a pretty high amount as far as the way I see it. So you could do the weight classes and then base them on testosterone levels, and it would pretty much even the, even the board out. Even the competition. Because yeah. that's what you want as an athlete. You want to have fair competition. I just sure. think it's, it, you know, learning a science. So if you're taking hormone replacement, has anybody done the research, you know, biologically, if they wanted to have children, what does that do? I'm just saying. I don't oh, know. It's complex. Okay. Well, yeah, just yeah. like there's a lot of things that you need to like. It's really beautiful. But it's it, a beautiful thing. At, at the same time, I, I think um, from, I like to look at things from a spiritual point of view because um, our community is based on empathy. And so we are encouraging empathy with our transgender community as well as with our young women. We're encouraging that empathetic conversation. Yes. Richard Ellsworth, do you have anything else to close? I'm going to take another little break and get back with Ed Lowe. And if only I know. I, I just want to um, just, just um, pull it out a, a little bit into a slightly broader context and you know, I was helping someone with with an essay recently, and it, it required to, me to read this one page uh, little story. And it, it was sort of about diversity, someone from another country coming in, into a new school and the teacher being, you know, warm and friendly and, and trying to, to help her fit in. And I was realizing that even though diversity and unity are, are, are opposites, there's a very fine line between them. And I think it's important to notice that sometimes in our effort to be inclusive, we're actually creating a barrier and making people stand out more. And I, I think it's just an important thing to, to realize and just focus on how we're phrasing things and, and really just, just the, the types of laws and regulations that we're creating. Um, it's really important to, to, to pay attention and notice the effect that those things are having because in our attempts to, to, make everything more equal and include everybody, we're, we're, we're very often creating a chasm. Yeah. Good point. Collateral damage. <laughs> it's like you swiped out, you know, the whole female sports thing. Gone. <laughs> I know we can figure this out. I so encourage the dialogue. Exactly. All right, let's take another little break. Erica Salda. When we get back, we've got only I know right after these messages. And this is Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salt of the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday, 9 a.m. If only I'd known with Ed Langlow is up next. How you doing, Ed? Good, Erica. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you. I'm looking forward to what you have to talk about today. Yeah, this one, I'm continuing along the, the local history line. It seemed to get a pretty good reception. So... I was trying to think of what I was going to do. And it's been about 10 days ago, we had the full moon and, and I saw it coming over the ridge. So I walked out on my patio and right below the moon was the, the Norfolk pine tree of lights there at the corner of Carrillo and, and Chapala street. And the lights were still on 
And I looked at that and I thought, boy, if that tree could talk, there's a story. So that, I said, there's my story. I'm going to use that tree as, as my next story. So uh, if only I'd known is a mentor's moment with the kids, with us remotely, as well as I was listening into the show. And today's segment is, what do the Norfolk Pine at the corner of Chapala and Carrillo Streets, the Libero Theater, Colonel W.W. W. Hollister, Winchester Canyon, and myself all have in common? <coughs> So year let's of start <laughs> the year of my birth. <laughs> no, it's a little stretched out longer than that. So let's start with Libero. So Jose Libero is an immigrant from Genoa, Italy. He came to Santa Barbara in 1859. He was a talented musician and he operated a saloon and then performed music around town to make a living. And he lived in Adobe. Adobe House at the corner of Carrillo and Chapala Streets. In 1869, he played a musical engagement that would change his life pretty much forever. It was uh, at the new estate of Colonel W.W. W. Hollister in Glen Annie Canyon. Hollister had renamed Teclotito Canyon in honor of his wife, Annie Hollister. At that garden party, Jose disclosed his glorious dream of building an opera house in Santa Barbara. Hollister evidently liked it because he advanced Libero the funds to start his project. Libero purchased a piece of property at the corner of Anna Kappa and Cana Perdido and built an adobe auditorium. The walls were six foot thick and it was good uh, seating for 600 patrons. And that made it at the time anyway, that, the largest adobe structure in California. Now, sadly, the opera house was not profitable. And Jose could not keep up his payments to the colonel. And the story is told that on June 28th, 1892, while his wife was visiting relatives in Ventura, Jose Libero, dressed in his formal suit, strolled by his old house on Creo and Chapala, then... Uh, that at that time, that was part of Colonel Hollister's estate. He walked down to the pier along the beach. For Jose Libero, it was a last farewell to his adopted hometown of Santa Barbara. Libero was found dead of a self-inflicted gunshot wound, still dressed in his best suit. The connection with uh, Colonel W.W. W. Hollister starts in present day, the city of Hollister in San Benito County around 1862. There'd been an epidemic of smallpox in San Juan Batista near Hollister's ranch there, probably similar to what we're dealing with with COVID right now. The colonel was so impressed with the doctor that saved most of the victims that he hired him to serve as his family's personal physician. Now, in 1868, Hollister moved his family to Santa Barbara. In 1870, in an attempt to entice his family doctor to relocate to Santa Barbara, Colonel Hollister purchased 1,000 acres of the Nicholas Dan estate. And what part of what ranch was that? Anybody? Dos Pueblos. Dos Pueblos. <laughs> Dos Pueblos, part of Dos Pueblos Ranch. So wow. in, eight, in 1872, this doctor accepted the offer of land and came to Santa Barbara. 
around uh, 1958, when I was about 10 years old, my father used to take me out to our ranch and target shoot with his Winchester Model 75. I still have that old 75 too. But we'd go out about 40 yards behind our barn and there was a barbed wire fence and we'd go through the barbed wire fence and there was a windrow of eucalyptus trees there and we'd, we'd nail a paper target up to one of the ukes and use it for target practice. And I remember my father telling me we had to clean up everything before we left, pick up our brass and take the targets down and because this is not part of our ranch he said this is part of hollister ranch so at 10 years old i remember pondering i'm in winchester canyon shooting a winchester rifle but we're on part of the hollister ranch so does mr hollister own winchester firearms if only i had <laughs> known when i was young the answer to that quandary. So Erica, should I tell you the answer? Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Colonel Hollister's private physician was Dr. Robert Fulton Winchester. Hence the name ah. Winchester Canyon. Ah. Now, so being in construction work for most of my life, I've often wondered about the, the buildings that were out in those areas. And even my grandfather built a house right there in Winchester Canyon in 1909. So if you were a plumber, for example, and, and, and it, some people had cars and trucks in 09, but not everybody, I'm sure. If you used a buckboard and you were a plumber and you lived in Santa Barbara, you had to load your pipe up on that buckboard and go maybe three, four miles an hour all the way over these rough roads to Winchester Canyon. Would you bring a tent and pitch it and stay for a couple of days to avoid that commute? I, I would have. Yeah, I would have. So, so in 1872, definitely uh, Winchester did not have a car. So in order for him to go into town for anything, uh, medical supplies, things like that. So he would have to go down the canyon uh in his horse and buggy if they hitch up a horse to a buggy and and go down the canyon to what today is hollister avenue by the sandpiper golf course there then he would turn east and go across elwood cooper's ranch where elwood school is and all the way into town and turn around and come all the way back in one day so winchester did not last very long out there in 1872, <laughs> Dr. Winchester moved into town and lived in Lobero's Adobe at the corner. Ah. And around 1877, to commemorate a new child in the family, Robert Winchester planted a Norfolk pine seedling next to the adobe at 110 West Carrillo Street. That's the, that's the tree of lights. Uh, in, ah. In 1911, the adobe was removed to make way for the new YMCA, but the pine tree obviously remained. Yep. So around 1955, I was seven years old, and I started taking swimming lessons at the Y. And to get from the locker room to the pool, you had to walk down this narrow hallway. It was like concrete walls, and everything would echo, and your feet would echo, and 
seemed like the ceiling was 20 feet tall. Of course, it probably wasn't, but it seemed that way to me. It always scared me. I remember to walk down that hall. And then the other memory I have is, is getting in that pool and we'd hang on to the edge of the pool and kick our feet uh, to start learning how to swim. And that, was a, that was a long time ago. <laughs> this, the seedling that Winchester planted is now 144 years old. It's 90 feet tall. And we know it as our Christmas tree of lights. It's decorated every year by the International Brotherhood of Electrician or Electrical Workers Local 413. So if that star pine could talk, it could tell you stories about Jose Libero, uh, horses being tied up in front of it by Colonel Hollister, Dr. Winchester. And in 1955, a skinny seven-year-old kid named Eddie walking by on the way to his swimming lessons. And that's the connection. <laughs> I'm Ed Langlo. I will see you next time on If Only I Had Known. Nicely done. Thank Great. you. I, I, you know, I'm not kidding you. I didn't know any of this. No. So for our teen athletes out there and anybody else who's listening, it's, it's, history is awesome. It's oh, beautiful. Yeah. It's, and I, I had no idea. No one did I even stop to think about about you know, why things were named the way they were. But yeah, it's, Glen it's Annie Canyon. And Especially since everything is getting renamed right now. You know, yeah, it's yeah, important. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, so, like okay. even then, Teclatito was the name of the canyon. You had Teclati Canyon, Elwood Canyon, and Teclatito. And Teclatito uh, was Spanish for a small owl. And uh, Hollister changed the name of that canyon when he bought it. Uh, for his wife, Glenn, uh, Glenn Annie Canyon is after Annie Hollister. Uh, okay. You know what? We, when, when Richard gives a smushy and then he starts uh. wheeling around his finger, <laughs> that means we need to take a break. So let's listen to some new commercials. It's Eric Salda, the Queen of Teen. Join us for more after these messages. Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salt of the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday, 9 a.m. All right, February 9th, we have up now Dominique Hackett with Dominique's Garden. Teen Sports Athletes, check in. It's important to get uh, have a relationship with the dirt at this time. February 9th. Dominique, what do we got to do? So especially if in your classes you need an ex, uh, extra project that you can do at home, buy a garden even if it's in containers. So um, grab a calendar, write down on the calendar when you plant your seeds. And here are some really easy things you can start right now. Sunflowers. They grow super easy. They're wonderful to watch. Radishes. You can eat radishes really fast. They mature quite quickly. 
squash, all sorts of kind of squash out there, zucchini, yellow squash, winter squash, all these squashes, they really majorly produce. So they're really fun. I would go for tomatoes maybe in a month or so, but you can always do lettuces, peas, beans, sweet peas, marigolds, nasturtium. Jump on it. Start a garden. It's really, really enjoyable. And I don't know if there's enough time, but Richard, I think there's something about gardening and the dirt and depression, something about that. Absolutely. I mean, you know, we, we know that our, our second brain that, that controls feelings like, like anxiety and depression are, are located in our gut. And, uh, you know, that gut is, is the microbiome. It's, it's full of all these different bacteria and organisms. And a lot of those are present in the soil. And soil-based probiotics, you know, whether you get them in a capsule or whether you get them from eating um, fresh fruits and vegetables right out of the ground, those are really, really important to create that diverse population that can be very uplifting to our mood, very balancing for our hormones, um, and, and just really healthy for, for our system overall. Nice. Planting garden, it's, it's a good thing for a parent and child, grandparent and child, teen athlete, teams as a whole, uh, team building. It's a great thing, most definitely. Christine, you want to finish it up? We've got 10 seconds. Ah, 10 seconds. Um, yeah, you know, one of the one of my one of my favorite cards is the Princess of Cups. And she says, get thee into nature, put your bare feet on the bare ground. It's so important because as human beings, I believe that we are the human entity of the earth and we are part of that earth herself. And she speaks to us and she can only tell us things when we touch her with our our bare hands. So put your feet on the ground. <laughs> that locks up the week. Plant a garden, grow food, not grass. Support our local farmers. Santa Barbara, stay together. God bless you. See you next week. Oh, my best. Oh, my best. Oh, my best.